Okay, I'd like to welcome our guest today, Amber Botha. Welcome, Amber. Thank you. Amber is joining us from South Africa, and she is sharing some of her recent journey that she um, recently um, took in terms of uh, participating in Ramadan and fasting. Um, But I think a theme that runs through Amber's story that's so meaningful is really her capacity to embrace discomfort, her capacity to, um, and you know, sit with suffering or to sit with misery and the things that are really challenging and hard for us to uh, that we all navigate in life, and then reflecting on it and using it as a as a point to spring forward and actually invite growth and opportunity into her life. So I really thank you for being here today, Amber, and um, everyone has so much to learn from your story. Thank you. Thanks for doing this, Amber. I, I really appreciate it. And, um, you know, it's amazing if I go back like four or five years ago when we first started working together to think that we would be here today mm-hmm. doing all the amazing things that we're all doing. Uh, and and making the changes that we are and the impact that we are isn't that amazing? Like, could we have ever amazing. seen that happening? No, not at that uh, time. But now it's like amazing. It's amazing. <laughs> right? we've what come. A, yeah, what a what a journey on the way. And um, so, thank you for for being here today. But there's one thing that I've always consistently noticed about you is that, um, you know, you know when everybody goes through challenges, right? Mm-hmm. Like that's life. And um, we all go through challenges, but whenever you are faced with a challenge, there's something different about the way that you you handle challenge, uh, that you, the way that you approach challenge. Mm-hmm. Now, maybe that's just what I'm seeing, and the, the ah, craziness is still <laughs> happening. But you just never you you always seem to have this, um, even even in those moments. Do you ever feel those like like a challenge comes in in you know up in life? At the beginning of that challenge, you find that, uh-oh, <laughs> here it is, it's real, right? You get that feeling and there's fear and there's all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And uh, and then you you get through it. And I'd love to be able to kind of just talk through some of those challenges mm-hmm. um, and some of your recent breakthroughs as well. But before we get into that, um, you've seen a, probably a couple of our episodes that we've, we've looked at. Yes. Um, what what do you make of what we're doing here at at the breaking show? What do you think of it? I think it's amazing. I think to hear everyone's stories and how they've overcome their um, fears or their challenges, it's really it's amazing to hear and inspiring to hear their stories. So I think it's really it's great. You know that that's amazing. There are a lot of um, inspiring mm-hmm. stories out there. Mm-hmm. Um, what Very would inspiring. you say, if anything, is like sometimes the difference between how you see it? happen here at the breaking show versus you know on another place what what do you really see as a, a difference if there's any difference i see honestly when i look at those or watch those videos i see the the true emotion coming out and the and how genuine it is it just feels so genuine and it like touches the emotion the raw emotion should i say and just it always ends like it's so positive just to hear how these people are speaking and um you know how their lives have been changed it's very inspiring a, a lot of times when we're talking to these very same people mm. they themselves don't necessarily think that there was anything special about the mm. whole thing that's what i find the most amazing mm. is that call it humility i don't know <laughs> if it's the right word or not but they, they're looking at it going what i screwed up 
<laughs> so many different ways. And uh, you get what I'm saying? Like when yes. they're talking about it, mm -hmm. maybe that's the refreshing part. I don't know. <laughs> you know uh, so, so in terms of like, you know, yourself, like, you know, uh, you know, from early childhood to kind of like mm -hmm. where we are, um, you know, what, what would you say kind of like, were like some of your defining moments kind of as you're growing up, as you look back, you're like, ah, oh, this, this really defined me. This really mm. defined me. Do you have moments like that that you can recall? I've got lots of those. Okay. <laughs> like literally. Well, we have moment. like 27 hours, so let's do it. <laughs> Good. And I think maybe that's why um, today um, I'm so keen on and like ready for new challenges, no matter what life throws at me. Um, I think it all started from, I must say, the biggest challenge Although extremely young, I was literally only two years old. Um, and then my dad passed away at that age. So that, although I wouldn't have quite remembered everything, it did still have an emotional impact. Um, yeah. So that was one of the, that was the first time I'd been through something like that. And then growing up, the next um, massive um, point was when I was six years old, my brother and I, um, we like, we're blessed to go and live with my aunt and uncle. They took us in as um, kids um, to live with their family. And they already had five kids of their own. So adding oh, my brother wow. and I, it's like this household of seven kids, um, which was amazing. I love my childhood and I, I don't think I would change it for anything. Um, so that was a, a very big point in my life where I had to, um, you know, I was taken away from my mother. Obviously, I'd lost my father. Um, and then my aunt and uncle's like stepped up into this role of being my parents um i think at first it was challenging but luckily like i knew them it, it wasn't like i was going through to a completely different household or foster family um so i was very lucky blessed um that they had taken me in um and then going through teenagers that was that was typical teenagers you know i tried to behave try to be good my aunt was very very strict on us all she had to be with seven kids in the, yes. the family. I don't know how she did it. <laughs> I don't know at all. And actually, she was um, often um, like man of the house because my uncle would work abroad. So for like three months, he would be gone and then it, should, it would be just her. Um, yeah, yeah it, it, was, it was crazy, very challenging for her and for all of us as well. But it was amazing. It was good times. Like I'll never regret any of that. Um and then I, the next challenge I would say would be like getting married. <laughs> um, mm. It was a change. I mean, I um, got married at a very young age and um, to this day, I probably would, if I could advise um, other people in that age is do not get married at that age. <laughs> How old were you then? I was 22. Okay. So I was, I was 22 when I got married or 21. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, but you probably had your head on right. I didn't even like know what to study at that age. Now I know what I would have studied. Do I have, my, do I have my head on right? I don't know. But anyway, <laughs> carry on. Yeah, um, Yeah, it is pretty young, right? Relatively. It's, it's yeah, young. it is. It's young. Um, yeah. So there was um, another master, and then um, and then I had two kids, and then. Um, Eight years later, I would I got I went through a divorce, so that was like another challenge in my life. And every mm -hmm. time I went through these challenges, even from you know when I was young, I always knew that I would come out stronger, always. And I always knew God was there right by my side. And I think that's what gave me the strength to not always worry too much 
about um, where I'm going to be because I'll always be looked after. Um, so wait, so hold on a second. You, you, you have that thought like as you're going through it at the beginning, like, well, okay, this is happening. I'm going to come out stronger. Is that actually, we, yeah. you look back to that moment, you're going through whatever. You're actually saying that to yourself. You actually remember saying that to yourself <laughs> as a teenager, as a teenager. Yeah. And I just always thought, I don't, I remember being a teenager thinking like it was really bad. Mm. It was bad. And I'm like, wonder what I'm going to learn from this. Exactly. <laughs> <I'm> like, <laughs> right. I was thinking, why me? Oh God, why me? Yeah, I was like, oh gosh, I got a lot of, I got a lot of learning right now. <laughs> you know, yeah, I you're, think it's, you're saying to yourself, I'm going to yeah. come out stronger. Yes. Yeah, I knew it. I, love, I knew it and I felt it. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Thank you. How do you, how, like, how did that start happening? Because that's not what I'm, I'm asking because I was nowhere close to my reaction. Like, um, you know, when, when I started going through challenges at mm -hmm. first, uh, it, it was uh, traumatic, as they say. And I would hang on to the trauma of it. Mm -hmm. I would focus in on that part and that how, oh, this feeling sucks mm -hmm. or whatever. I mean, you never had any of that thought? Um, there was a point when I was a teenager, I did. And I wrote it down in a book. Like, actually, what I would do is I'd write songs down. But it, it was so... It was actually, they were so dark. The words were so dark that, um, like, I think I just had to get all those emotions out. And that was how I found my release was to write it out. And then years later, I went back to that book and I'm like, geez, was I at that level? Or like, were those my thoughts? So, so what release? Hold on, hold on, hold on sorry. <laughs> you're saying you're writing this stuff down. Yes. You're writing this stuff down before. So when you were like 10 or 9, when did you start writing I down I would songs? say teenager about 15 16 okay so you're writing it when you started writing it when you were and you were writing songs down yeah so i would okay. listen to like this dark music but then also write down all my thoughts and it was actually like songs like it would just be to me it would be like a song i'm like okay it's great were you writing down the actual song or were you writing down your thoughts it was my thoughts but in my head to me that was my song you know what I mean? Oh. It was a negative. She repeats song. it. Yes, I repeat it. And I'd go back, read it. I'm like, this is my song. This is my song. So well, since um, you were 15, you're writing yes. down this stuff. And it's it's like dark. Yes. That's how it started. <laughs> yes, I think to like release everything. Yes. Okay. Mm -hmm. What made you think to write it down? I don't know. I just started writing the one time. Just started writing. I'm like, wow. I like what I'm like at the time. You like what you're writing. Right. Um, it feels good to get something down on the paper and just mm -hmm. release it, let it go. Yeah, and that's then, literally what we talked about earlier today with someone else is that yeah. you're you're removing that energy, yes. right? From your from yourself. Mm -hmm. And it is a release. Yeah. That's true. But okay, I so started start writing it down. Go on. Mm -hmm. uh -huh. Yeah. And I started noticing actually that I would start should I say feeding off the negative that I've written down on the page? And eventually when I went back and I, I really read what I'd written, I'm like, no, this isn't me anymore. I've moved on now. And I just remember mean, feeding off of the energy. What do you mean? Like, give me an example. So, so I was very angry as a teenager growing up, obviously moving in now with my aunt. Cause my mom, I felt, um, 
like she took a different path and I felt, should I say neglected or an abandoned? Um, sure. You know how you go when you're a teenager, you think you know everything and you, you don't actually. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. so anyways, the, these negative thoughts, yeah, I would just write them all down. Um, and then I would feed off that and it would actually make me angry. Reading it becomes what part I, of your personality yes, almost. Exactly. Like your identity yes. is this anger. You're this anger identity. Yes. And so I feel like she was looking back and saying, this no longer aligns with who I am, exactly. right? You're not. Mm. But you said mm-hmm. you were feeding off of it. I want to just understand that part mm-hmm. when you said I was feeding off of it. Like you mean it was it was making it like you were becoming more angry, or were you acting, you know, because of it? Like is that what you mean? I was emotionally getting more angry. Okay. Like, very angry, and then I would like to read it and then get that fire and that anger burned up again. Yeah. So, so it's rage so, but over you rage. Said by writing it down, you were releasing it. You were feeling better. So first you would feel better. You would write it. Yes. Then you would read it. Then you would be worse. Yes. Okay. I'm just trying to understand the chronology of things. Okay. So you write age, it, you would feel better. No, no. I'm just trying to understand you. And, exactly. and like I, you know why I'm asking Amber? Because this journalizing and this writing yeah. down comes up over and over and over again. And I really want to understand the different well, think, experiences people yeah, have. Yeah, I think perspective to, I think what she's brought up is a really important point is how you journal, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, um, and it's all about being the most accurate that you can. Or if you want to be have really dark feelings, just say, I this is the darkness I'm feeling right now. And then counter that with something else that is going well in your world. Because there always is something that we can, well, generally find, well, right? She was, so She was doing this. She wasn't doing that. The teenaging venting is usually through a perception of, I am going to just be anger. And that anger is going to be on this page. And it's not going to be the whole perspective. Mm-hmm. They usually will... Not, not they, because I'm being incredibly generalistic, but people, and yeah. I've done this myself, where we get... We just want to get everything out that's dark. And you feel good not- releasing that. Right. Yeah. But then you go back and you live in it and you're yeah. just inviting more of the same. Yeah. And you're like, wow, okay, I'll bet now I want to feel it again. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. It's it's like, um, and it's a trauma thing too, right? Yeah. It's, a, it's a trauma response to do that because as much as the pain is uncomfortable, it's also familiar. Right. So we know the pain and the pain is something that is, even though it's not a pleasant feeling, it's comfortable because of the familiarity. Mm. Right. So great. Okay. Um, you're writing it down, you're feeling good. Then you go back and it's, you're feeding off of it. And now I understand mm. that was happening. And then yeah. what? And then, um, so I think like months or even a year later, I'll go back to what I'd written because now I've moved on a bit from that. Now I stopped really writing down my emotions because I'd got it all out on my paper on the book. It was actually a book. Like um, seventeen now. Yeah. No, I was more. Yeah, seventeen, eighteen. Correct. Okay. Um, and I was reading this. I'm like, wow. I would be so embarrassed or like shocked if my aunt had to find this book and read what I'd written. And then the one day she had, um, they were building a, a like they made a fire. And I just remember going and throwing this book into the fire and just like Mm -hmm. feeling so like a burden had been lifted off. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So you wrote it all down. You think you're getting it all out of your system. And then you go back and read what you did. And then it fuels you. It makes you more angry. And then um, eventually just, 
like I stopped writing and then yeah, I needed to burn the book. Like I was my aunt still to this day, like if she was still alive, um she would like she didn't even know what I'd written on this book. <laughs> in this book. So what did you feel by when you burned the book? What what did that do for you? I felt a relief release and a burden had just been lifted and I felt good burning the book like I, I don't know like like all my anger is gone <laughs> like you detached from it completely and yeah. then like you like you killed you severed the connection correct and I still stood there smiling like I've moved on which yeah. is a good point in my life that's awesome and you were like around 17 18 then correct mm. and, I think you're um, still in high school <laughs> Right. That's mm. really defining. Mm. So, uh, so that's an, that's an interesting point. That's, that's when you get the feeling that like now you're, you're on to the next phase. Mm. Exactly. And then and everything from... was rosy after that. No, <laughs> no. <laughs> then you get right. married and a divorce. And... <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, so that's interesting guys. Cause um, I mean, that's how we got there is that uh, you, you said like, as you're going through these challenges, you feel like, you're going to get stronger from it. And that's what kind of led us to that point. Um, but you never always thought that is the, is, is, is kind of like what I'm getting is that at mm. some point in time you switched from a dark side to it's going to get, it's going to make me stronger. Mm. And would you say that, that burning of that book was that moment or did it happen more gradually? No, I think it was at that moment because I still stood there smiling, thinking I'm going to be okay. I will always be okay. I'll always mm -hmm. be looked after. I will always find my way. I just, I needed, like you get people that will um, wallow in it and it will bring them down and um, they they can't um, get out of the situation and eventually it turns to like pity and everything. And I just, I couldn't mm -hmm. let that happen. Like I needed to grow. I needed to keep moving forward. Um, keep and growing. I think part of that too is the acknowledgement that you had resiliency factors there, protective factors, like your aunt and uncle, like you were saying, in a family, right? So exactly. even though it's not what you maybe had an ideal of, but it was still it was still a family, right? Mm, so exactly. it just looks differently now. Mm, yeah. yeah. So what's interesting is uh, you also just said, and you just say it in such a nonchalant, I had to feel like I was moving forward. I had mm. to feel like I was growing. So does that mean that you felt you weren't moving forward and that you weren't growing so long as you were hanging on to that? Exactly. So I, th I just didn't want it to smother me. Like I didn't, I, w I didn't want to feel like I couldn't um, move forward. Like I, I didn't want anything to hold me back. Yeah. So you so have you felt to, like you have to make the back. decision. Yes, you that anger. Why? Yeah, why? It's a part that doesn't define her. I think exactly. that's. I think that's what I get from that moment. Mm. It's a part of you that you've now incorporated, but it's not your identity. Mm. It's part of your experience. So exactly. it's really symbolic what you did. It's really quite powerful. It is, yeah, it's it very is. powerful, very symbolic. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the reason I want to understand this is it's funny because it helps me understand myself. I'm like, yeah, okay, I remember. Um, you know, it's it's interesting that when we when we stay connected to our dark side mm. call it like there's a little bit of a like a even like a you know how they say like misery loves company so like <laughs> yeah. there's this like you, you you feel like you know what i'm saying right mm. like you feel like <laughs> I, I, i'm feeling the hate i'm feeling the anger right now but i'm feeling good that i'm angry do you know mm, like yeah. like i'm i'm getting that 
But then in the very same person, in the very same moment, in the very same mind, mm -hmm. you're also aware that you're not moving forward and you're mm -hmm. not growing. Uh, I'm not exactly. moving forward. I'm not growing. Exactly. So those two exist simultaneously. Mm -hmm. I find that to be amazing, yet many people choose to ignore that part of I'm not growing, I'm not moving forward, and they stay to the I feel good just being angry. Mm -hmm. So so they both they're both like feel good. One is that moment of like rage that I feel good mm -hmm. in my rage. Let me stay here yes. in my anger. I wanna stay this, I wanna feel this. Mm -hmm. And then there's the other side of wanting to grow. How do you finally decide to yourself, burn the book? I honestly don't know what brought me to that point. I think just, I think what happened was reading, going back, like after that year, reading what I'd written, I'm like, I have grown already from that point. I don't want to feel that anger anymore. It's not who mm -hmm. I am. I've, I've held onto it long enough. I don't need, I don't need it anymore. I've mm -hmm. outgrown that. And then I saw that fire and I'm like, that's where that book's going. <laughs> That's where my release is. <laughs> Amazing. Fire being a source of light. Throw oh, the dark and I had to keep my aunt and uncle like, away from that fire. Like, I had to time it perfectly because I did not want them to see what was in that book. <laughs> that's amazing. That's amazing. Thank you so much for that. I think that's so helpful because I think a lot of... I know I've been stuck in the same sort of situation where I'm more connected to my dark side. And then I just don't want to let go of it. Mm -hmm. I just, I'm just happy in my misery. And just, you know, people have tried to help me get out of that. Mm -hmm. I'm sure like it happens because people notice that about you and they love you and mm -hmm. they want to pull you out. But you're like, you know, I decide for myself, you know what? I'm good here in my anger. I'm going to yeah. stay here. Yeah. But, but it serves a purpose too, right? Like, you know, suffering or discomfort or misery, whatever we want to label it, that mm. discomfort, you know, it, it's part of the incorporation process because that's where the learning takes place. Like when you think of the analogy of the butterfly, right? Yes. Like the struggle to get out of the cocoon. If you, if you slice open the cocoon, that, that butterfly is never going to fly. It's the struggle. It's mm. the suffering, the, the fight to, to birth and be able to have your wings, like then you can come to, you know, the, the lighter side of yourself. So mm. I think it's, I, I, I always like, when, I understand pulling people out of things like from a clinical sense, but I think we have so much value in being able to sit with that sadness or sit with that darkness sometimes. Exactly. But not so too that's much. <laughs> I didn't know all this about you, Amber. That's amazing. And yeah. like, because uh, I always wondered where it came from. And I got to say, Amber, like, that's kind of why I just look at you like as a role model. And I think of you as like, I was like, wow, how is it that you, where do you get this from? <laughs> but yeah, you had to have like all of that happen to you first. Mm. And then for you to overcome it. And I keep, I keep saying like that the glory is in the obstacle itself. Like, you know, so mm -hmm. when you go through that. Mm. Could you say that you would have had this level of commitment, this level of strength, if you hadn't gone through that? I don't. I don't believe so. I think you I know? had to go through what I did to get to even to this point where I am now in my life. Like, like mm -hmm. recently, I've also just been through such a um, a crazy time, and I again I needed to pull myself out. Um, now I'm ready for anything. I must say, <laughs> bring it on, world. <laughs> <laughs> honestly, honestly and um yeah like i we've been kind of like as 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 co-workers you know we, we 
I only see like the peripheral, right? The outside, the surface mm. of it. Hey, you need a week off or what have you. Mm. And, um, you know, you just went on and you just, you do what you got to do and you deal with it. Mm. What I find amazing about you is that you, you didn't sit there and you, you still don't, you don't sit there and um, like, you don't try to relive it. Mm. <laughs> you know, you don't go through the self-pity part or do you ever feel that you go through that self-pity part or you don't even give yourself time for that anymore what 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 do you do um i don't think i have time for that anymore so i think what i try and do now is literally fill up my day with as much as possible so i don't think about all of that um but i think um i just know that there's always light at the end of the tunnel there's always a way out or um you know with the decisions that you you make so I don't know. It's always just something to keep going, keep living for. So it's interesting. You say you try to fill up your day with good things. Like uh, you actually sit there and you think to yourself, okay, if I put enough <laughs> of this, I, is it that you, that Trina, like, I mean, is this like, you know, uh, adaptive or well, I love using these. Cool <laughs> words. Is it, is, is it a way of coping and not dealing with it? Or is it actually that you're not actually like, you're like, okay, there it is. What water off. I just go enough from like a clinical sense, but um, what I what comes to me when I hear her say that is um, <clears throat> not as an avoidance technique. Like it, my ears did perk up, uh, picking up. Like is this a trauma response? But I also could see it as um, coming back to our conversation earlier today of recognizing what things um, really increase your energy, what things energize you, what things are passionate. Because we always have these mundane tasks in life. Like, I got to go empty the dishwasher. Can't stand emptying the dishwasher. Totally mundane. So, I, you know, I'm going to go swimming after that, right? That's yeah. my reward. So mm. I think that's more of the balance is knowing we have these tasks that we don't always want to do. Some of it, unfortunately, for people is their, their profession. Mm. And so I know that's not the case for you, Amber, but I know for many it is. <laughs> we can talk later if it is. <laughs> But I think there's an important message in that is just making sure we always make time to invite what aligns and what gives back to nurture us and give us the energy to do the things we like and to things that we don't necessarily want to do. Mm -hmm. Right. So because it's so easy for the good stuff to not be in our schedule. Because life, work stuff or, you know, busyness and helping other people. Not that that's not a good thing, but it's still, you know, it's still us giving, right? Mm. So, so, um, so like take us to um, maybe your most recent sort of breakthrough moment that you had. Um, mm. I, I got to say, like, you know, it started with you saying to me that I'm going to support you and Fatima, right? And I'm going to be there beside the two of you as you go through Ramadan. Why, why did you think of choosing Ramadan or fasting for like something to do, something to fill your, your plate with? Mm. So, um, Funny, I should say I... filling your plate with when it's got to be. <laughs> yeah, metaphor. Oh, empty, mostly empty. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The plate is half full, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, um, what did recent... you think of that? <laughs> so recently, um, just it was actually weeks before Ramadan. I went through it was actually February. Um, I went through a very, very bad time in my life again, like really bad. And I didn't know how I would get out of this situation. So I'm like, hmm. something has to happen because 
um, I was getting depressed and that's not who I am. I'm not a depressed person. But this is so major because it like, um, you know, it wasn't only about me now, it's about the kids too. So I had to make a decision to change everything that was happening in my thoughts, like my thought processes, my life, um, my habits, everything. So I thought this is like the perfect time to do this challenge um, and to support, you know, Mohammed and Fatima and to get their support as well. It was the perfect time. I'm like, I'm going to do this. I'm going to get past this because if I can get past this, I can get through anything and have the discipline to get through anything else. Um, so I pushed myself and I, and I did it and amazing. It so just for my, I haven't heard what I know. I know Ramadan is a month of fasting, but it's mm. the hours of daylight that you're not allowed to eat. Is that correct? Correct. Yeah, so, the, the yeah. way Ramadan works is is that it says to you that you can't, you know, like from the from the religious perspective, like the the way it's outlined, the guideline is that you don't eat from dawn to dusk, right? From sunrise to sunset. Okay. And mm. and the idea is, um, there's a, there's a few sort of principle of you know uh, you know wins that you get out of this, and the concept is this: is that uh, it's a cleansing. Mm. Right. So the point is that is to is to cleanse. And the thought is that there is there's a physical element, but there's also a spiritual element and they go hand in hand. Mm -hmm. And it's it's interesting because it's tied to food and what we eat. And you know how you talk about gut health? And yeah. The wellness of your gut is key. So this is built into um, you know, Islamic ritual and, and practice mm. to do a gut cleanse. To, to make it mandatory to have a yeah. gut cleanse. And it's mandatory because now I understand, yeah. oh, there is another benefit of a gut cleanse. So before all this modern science is there. That I never thought of it that way. I remember friends doing it at university, yeah. but it, is, it, it does have that impact a, for it's sure. It's a cleansing, right? So yeah. it's a cleansing. But the other concept behind it is that it's to develop a sense of resiliency and willpower. And the thought behind that is that eating is not a forbidden act, mm -hmm. right? It's not a forbidden act. So if you can control your sense of what is not forbidden, then that just makes you stronger for dealing with the things that are forbidden, mm. right? And it's usually the things that are forbidden that are the most tempting. So it's yeah. like, okay, well, if you can develop this willpower, right, then you can deal with the the stuff that's forbidden. So that's another concept. And then, oh, yeah, and then- I've heard and, that part before. I love that. And then there's also the concept of, you know, being able to build empathy for, you know, when you're sitting there hungry for like, you know, after a few hours of not eating, mm -hmm. uh, you can actually sit there and go, huh, so this is what it feels like, you know, and exactly. this is how much I am blessed to constantly have. I will never complain about there not being enough salt in the food again, you <laughs> yeah. know, or, you know, stuff like that. So there are these awakenings, they, mm -hmm. there's a sense of appreciation. Yeah. But what tends to happen and, you know, and I can say this being a Muslim as well, that inside the Muslim community, sometimes it's become um, it's become misunderstood. So what happens is it, it feels like it's a starvation practice of starvation. And people, because they don't see the benefit, they're like, oh, here comes Ramadan again. Uh, I can't do this and I can't do that. And they get all cranky. Mm -hmm. And as a result of it, it, it's like this, they fall into this sense of like, Poor me, I'm going through fasting right now. And uh, please support me because, you know, don't give me meetings that are long and don't give me this and worry. Like, it's just like this, like, it's like they're going through this 
yeah, this pity party and please, you know, support me. And I'm thinking, dude, nobody asked like you could choose not to do, not to be a Muslim if you don't want to be like, you know, you, mm. you just carry on with it. It's not mm. everybody else's problem that you got to go fast, you know? So I'm a little bit like, I take a different route on it. And so like within your experience, like, I'm just, I really don't know. So like within yeah. your experience of being a Muslim with that kind of, um, yeah. <laughs> current in your community. Yeah. If you, would they like, are people shunned if they don't fast or, because yeah, I know so lots of Catholics that don't go to church all the time. <laughs> it's oh, no, like, definitely. depending on who the family member is, like <laughs> they have different opinions of them. It's really, let's call it, let's call it, let's say that it's reinforced. Okay. Positively and negatively. So okay. like, you know, when we were younger, and I remember when my kids were younger, we was like, for every day you fast, I'll give you $10. Right. And then, and then the really, the really smart parents would be like, well, yeah, but no, but this is how they would offset it. And then they'd say, for every day you don't fast, you owe me 20. So it's like, wow. so no, no, like it, it's whichever way you want to do it. Right. So, Oh, my goodness. <laughs> the idea is to is to encourage the practice, mm. right? Yeah. And so there's different ways. To it's a beautiful it. practice. It is. Well, what happens is sometimes then at the end of the day, what people do is they gorge, uh, which is, again, not a good practice, which is not <laughs> yeah. recommended even in, in the Islamic teachings. But they do this. And then there's yeah. all kinds of memes that come out about it. And then at the end. The, 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 there's a festival called Eid. It's a celebration, but it's a, supposed to be a celebration of our growth and all the things that we achieved. Instead, it becomes this shopping, you know, party <laughs> atmosphere. And it's almost shopping. celebrating that it's the end of that torturous month. You know, mm -hmm. like we can go back to all the things that we were doing beforehand. And so there's absolutely no growth. So when somebody like Amber comes across and says, I want to use this as a tool, yeah. I looked at it and I thought, hold on, let me ask you. If you I find this so interesting because my experience, like when I was doing my undergrad, I, some of my closest friends were Muslim and they acknowledged and participated in Ramadan. And um, I feel like my exposure to them, because like, we lived together and stuff mm. and study, so I would see them pray and you know eat and stuff with them, mm. and it was it was very much I could see the spiritual side of it, having having been their friend through that experience and close proximity. So it's mm. so interesting for me to hear your experience within the community and how that's being received by um, portions of people. Like, mm. what was your experience like with it, Amber? Um, well, I basically told like my colleagues, I mean, they were all supportive, um, and especially my family as well, um, because they've also like a lot of my aunts and uncles have fasted as well, but not for so long. They'll do like um, four days max, and then they would see what I'm going through, and then they respect it. They really, really do. Often they would forget and say, well, can I make you a cup of tea? I'm like, hmm, no, thank you. I'll just stay for your company. But um yeah, they, they were respectful. They really were. They were. And then, it's so funny, my, my daughters, they don't hear the word fasting. They tell everyone, mommy's starving. So then they have to, like, <laughs> explain no. to the neighbors, I'm not starving. No, no. <laughs> like, I'm eating. I'm just fasting. So um, I, I was very grateful for everyone's support, really. I felt a lot of support and love and um, respect, should I say, in my fasting. So Go on, so, I just, I, yeah, my next question was like just about your mindset 
around yeah. that because you entered it with um, from a, such a depleted state, and now Thank you're you. you're doing something that's not only physically challenging but also mentally challenging. The mental challenge I feel is probably the biggest one to overcome mm. with that. I would think. I've never fasted that long, but. Mm. So what was your experience like in terms of your affect over the course of the month? So it was extremely challenging for me. Like I said, um, when I first started, like I was very depressed, like extremely. So that's when I had made the thought and the decision to change things. And in the, the first few weeks was very challenging for me. Um, I had to get my mind right and pure, should I say. I, I, my end goal was to feel peace at what, you know, everything that I'd done. Um so it was, it was very challenging, um, but I just knew I had to keep pushing. And, and I knew in the end I would grow and, and be something so much better and, and that I can conquer anything. Um, and also I can give my support to other people, you know, that go, that's going through the same situation. So, um, so hold on a second. So again, back to Trina's question, you're, you're already in a depleted state. And then you do something that that depletes you further yes, to <laughs> get to a better place. You have never fasted like this before. What made you think that you would get to a better place? I believed I had to get to another place, a better place. I believed that I had to, and I knew that I would. Because previous, like when I told you earlier on, I always know I'll be fine. I'll always be looked after. I'll always come out stronger. Um, but I needed to, because what actually made me decide that as well is because there was a moment where I didn't believe I would, and I had, and and I'm like, no, I've never felt that before. I need to change that. Let me go through something. I need, to, I need this, and I need to get past it. And that's what made me. So do you this. you said initially it was very challenging. What what made it challenging? Definitely not the not eating part, but eventually it didn't become, yeah, it wasn't about that in the end. I realized like the first, I'm not, I'm not going to lie, the first two to three weeks, it was extremely challenging. And eventually I thought it's not about the food anymore to me. It was like, I needed to find myself. I needed to get back with God. Um, I needed to find who I was, um, needed to be stronger for my kids because I'm now going to be like, um, alone like I had to literally I was um about to get engaged so I needed to um just change everything in my life drastically I knew that I I was going to be the sole person now um looking after the kids so I had to be a better mother a stronger mother I had to be um better for myself too so you know like for for Muslims Trina like it's like you can't eat right up until this time. If you eat 10 minutes before that time, yeah, you know, the, the fast yeah, yeah, yeah I've seen it. Like, literally, take it away. Yeah. And, not only, and not only does the fast not count, you've got to pay a fine of more fasts. Yes. Yeah. Up for those 10 minutes if you broke it early. That didn't apply to you, um, Amber. You didn't have that requirement. Hmm. So did you ever feel to yourself, ah, I'm close enough. <laughs> Let's no. do this. Come on. No. no, I would literally make my food. <laughs> I, I know I would be for sure. Uh, uh, yeah. go, my thought process is if I'm going to do this, I'm going to do it properly. 
Um, there's no cutting corners. You know that struggle the last 10 minutes? It was a struggle. So I would go to my laptop and message Fatima. I'm like, I've got 10 minutes left. My food's ready. <laughs> and she's like, you got okay. 10 minutes, girl. <laughs> okay. Okay. So you had like, you, you got the buddies around you. Oh, yes. kind of for the intervention. Yeah, Fatima was very <laughs> much I remember my younger one, when he did his first full fast, and we never told him when he should or when he shouldn't, but those last, that I think the last half hour, he just had the fridge open, and he's just staring inside <laughs> the fridge. And we're like, dude, this you is not going to help you. Just don't close the fridge, man. Uh, <laughs> but it is not easy that first day and that first week, um, just getting the body conditioned, uh, especially if you're not yet aware of the winds that are coming. So you're mm. focused on the wind. And and, mm. uh, and and that's actually, that gives you strength. Like it's unbelievable. And that's right. true for mm. any situation, right? You yeah. focus on the, 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 the result. But mm. um, you felt the same thing and, and you didn't you didn't cut the corner. No. And you could have. <laughs> I find that just amazing. Um, I just have a question just for clarity, because you're in South Africa and yourself and Fatima are in Ontario. Did you fast, because I know you work on Ontario hours, did you fast Ontario hours or your South African daylight hours? Yeah, the South African yeah. hours. Okay. So I could eat from 6 p.m. Okay. Yeah. When that sun goes yeah. down, she would come on calls sunset. like eating food while we were sitting there. No, she wouldn't do that. She wouldn't do that. So, so, uh, so, uh, so it's interesting because, yeah, you would be going through your sundown kind of mm -hmm. like at the beginning parts of our of, of our day, yes. And you would probably because you work remotely, it's right in the middle of your work day as well, mm. and and so you know, you'd have to go through the same experience of going to work and doing all that other mm. stuff like everybody else. And, um, right. and so you got through the first week at some point in time did you feel like you were like, when did it at all, did it start feeling a little bit easier or you're like getting used to it? How, how long into it? I must say the last week, I think I really reached my breakthrough. Like I saw, um, a change in myself. I saw, um, um, like my goals getting set. Um, one of the things was to find God again. And I had did that. I've done that throughout. Um, and, and I think that was just such a breakthrough for me. Um, and then the last week was actually okay. And then I started adding in like going for my runs, but timing it right. <laughs> Cause I love running. I love it. And, mm -hmm. and through fasting, I was like, Oh, I can't really run. Um, because I need to conserve my you energy. You couldn't do that at first. So, no, yeah. I did it the one yeah. day and I said to Fatima, I've done this. And she's like, oh, why did you do that? I'm like, oh, I'm so sorry, but talk to me, help me. <laughs> so then the last week I'm like, yeah. okay, let me do it. Um, so I'll go for a run. And you still didn't... Uh, yeah, that day I was, um, yeah. I must say energy was very low, but I still pushed through. I still had to get the work done. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and then the last week I just timed my runs from like five o'clock. And then I, I felt so much energy after my run. I'm like, I don't actually need food. But then I was like, you better still eat at six, you know. <laughs> Otherwise, you're going to definitely be um, no energy like a few hours later. But um, I just found my, I found my way. I found what works for me. So coming um, out of this, like where do you feel your growth is? You have the, the, the connection with God. But what are the day-to-day -day things that you see that are – are different for you 
in like the lessons that came out of this because um, it would have to have such like in terms of your affect like how do you like obviously you're not depressed anymore I think no. that's a pretty <laughs> Um, but like what it what is it that you're embodying more now of I guess the feelings and how is that showing up in your life differently from where you were in contrast to February I think I've my thoughts are definitely um a lot clearer now and um I'm at peace so everything I'm just positive now I feel positive Mm -hmm. there's a sense of peace um I've got control of my life now and my thoughts um yeah, I can just move on. And I think that I also have a great sense of discipline now. Like I'm really ready to take on the next challenge. I actually want another challenge and not just an easy challenge. I was telling mom that I want a six pack. <laughs> so that's like, again, it's it's hard work and it's, and I need to be disciplined for that. Um, It's so silly, but I mean, I've wanted a six pack since I was like, um before I had kids and I've never reached that goal because I was never disciplined. And now I feel like I've grown to a point where I can actually have that now. I can grow. To be honest, yeah. hey, it always felt like I was living in a, I don't know, like I was living in my teenage years still. Like I always felt like I'm not adult enough or I'm not big enough to do anything. And now I just I feel like I'm an adult now. <laughs> like I've reached certain challenges Um and I've overcome them, and I just feel like I've grown so much in that last, like, it, I grew more in that month than I have in all my so other that years. So that was the thought that was unpacked over this month is I'm not good enough, I'm not adult enough, is exactly. what you said, I'm, and it, I'm not adult yes. enough. And it felt, it's so silly, but I always felt like I'm not adult enough, exactly, like I'm not a grown-up. I don't know why. Yeah. You know now, when you first when you first thought of that? Oh, when you first had that thought that you weren't adult enough? Oh, for many years. Um, yeah. Back in my past, yeah, for many years. And now, yeah, yeah it's always actually been a, um, a thing on my mind the whole time. Like, oh, when do I grow up? When must I grow up? And when I grow up, what should I do? And it's not growing up in sense of age. It's, um, I don't know, it's virtually and emotionally. Exactly. Doing, yeah. Exactly. I never felt like, I'd always look at my aunts. I'm like, wow, was she at this point in her life at that age or you know to me she's always been exactly she's always been this grown-up and you can go to her for any advice or anything like that and that's where I wanted to be and I didn't feel mentally that I was there and so this whole experience is just I feel like an adult now (laughs) like I've really grown (laughs) like I've earned the title now (laughs) that's good wow that, see, that's- you did integration you did a lot of integration stuff mm. and um this past month it was pretty pivotal amazing stuff it, it really is i feel amazing, amazing. Mm, mm. i really um, do is that what you thought you were going to get when you first started yes actually because i had my goals at the end of the tunnel and i knew i was going to get them i had quite a few um and i knew i'd reach every single one you, you know mm. that. You know, like, at the deepest point in my life, you I know that I'm going to be fine. You, know, you might not know how it will materialize, exactly. but you feel it. You know what yes. it's going to feel like, and you're just not sure how it's going to look, but mm-hmm. this is this is what yeah. I want, and that's what I'm going to get. Yeah, <laughs> You need to push yourself for those goals. What I'm trying to understand um, is that if, if you – and I like the word that you just, like, materialized um, – yeah, I don't know which one of you said that, but if you felt like these were your goals, right? 
then maybe you achieve these goals just because you had these goals. You materialized them and fasting had nothing to do with it. Um, what makes, why, why would you say that the fasting going through that? Mm, that's a good point. Why, why would you, why yeah. you isolate that variable? What if you didn't fast? Would you have got yeah. the goals anyway? Like, I don't think I would have, Mohammed. I think I needed, I needed, so even being so low, I needed a massive challenge that would change my life. I needed to change something. And I thought if I don't eat or, you know, it's, it's a discipline. So I'm getting discipline into my life. I needed that discipline. Otherwise, I don't think I would have reached those goals quite as, you know, where I, I could have. Like, I've really reached those goals now. Like, I reached far and beyond for them. That's the think, process. Though. Yes. But I think if I didn't have that process or that thought, those thoughts, I wouldn't have actually reached them, like, to my full potential. I would be disappointed with myself. But what if... Um... But this is great. Like, I mean, it, it's, it's like, it, it's a, it's a, it's a four argument. Yeah. Like, oh yeah, do this. You'll get more discipline. You'll get to your goals quicker. But how do you know you've actually reached your goals? Like it, it's a state of mind goal. So mm -hmm. how, how do you know you're there? You say, you say like, I'm there. And at the beginning of the, the fasting month, you said you were not there. So how, mm -hmm. how do you know you're there? Like you feel like an adult now? Like really? No. That's it? I've got a sense of peace now. I am happy with who I am. Oh. I am happy with the transition that I went through. Um, and I had to go through that transition. And I feel happy now. I've got that peace. I've got my thoughts collected. Um, I needed that. And you that didn't have that change. same level of peace and tranquility no. before. No, I was, I promise you, I hit rock I bottom. I know who you are now. I exactly. feel like you, you know who you are exactly. differently. You know, exactly. that's what they actually do say about Ramadan, that it's actually like, um, and not just Ramadan, but all, all such sort of practices is that they're more catalysts, right? Um, they will take you... Catalysts for change? They're catalysts for change, exactly. Yeah. Um, because you are like, you so disrupting yourself and, and you mm -hmm. disrupt yourself on a physical level. Yes. Um, yeah. Muslims are actually supposed to go through a mental disruption mm -hmm. and a spiritual disruption. And since you're disrupting here, you can disrupt there as well. Yes. So the thought is like, it's not even supposed to be a physical fast. It's actually supposed to be a mental fast as well. Meaning we're not supposed to be thinking thoughts that are negative or thoughts that are like, mm. you know, mm. not to be thought. Um, so there's also that. Yes. There is actually that element in fasting built in. And even, um, even spiritually, we are to kind of start detaching from, you know, from different things as the month goes on so that mm. we are as much now in a state of detachment, in a state of yes. complete, like, focus on the self. And then they say things happen. But because mm -hmm. many people don't get to that state, because they don't have that intent from the beginning, mm -hmm. or they don't have that goal. I think support, they start, they start for a month. support is a piece of it, too. Exactly. Exactly. Is well, if you I, have people around you that complain about it all the time, then that's kind of going to be... But if you have people with a different mindset, that was my only experience with people with a different mindset around it. Yeah. And I think, it was quite yeah. Powerful. I think honestly, hearing this, I'm like, this would be really great if the world could just shut down <laughs> for a month every year and all of us just kind of like deal with ourselves for a little bit. Honestly, But you have to get to that point where you need that change. And I needed that yeah. change and I needed a massive challenge to like yeah. rock me off the rails to know 
I'm going to reach my goals. This is what I want so badly. I'm going to get, I'm going to go for it. Mm. Wow. That's amazing. Um, thank you for, uh, for like walking us through not just that, but kind of like the other part of you that kind of, <laughs> that I think had to also be present mm. to, to make the most of that moment, to make the mm. most of that month is that, you know, it's interesting, Trina, they say also, as we approach the, the month of Ramadan, it's not like you just get into it day one, there's actually a, a lead up to it, there's a ramping mm. up to prepare yourself. And they actually say, you should get yourself mentally prepared. And you yeah, should physically prepared because you're about to go on this beautiful journey. Mm. And most people don't even bother with that preparation, they just kind of like put it off. And then again, they, because they don't reap the benefits like Amber has, they go through it like, what was the point of that? And I, I can speak to it myself. Like I've been through that myself many, many years where I was like, so what did I get out of that? You know? And, mm -hmm. um, and then when I started thinking differently, and mm -hmm. that's to Amber's credit, you have to have thought differently. Yeah. You have to have come that way. And you have to say, I'm doing this. I got a purpose. I'm going to use this for the benefit. Then you start getting the benefit. And mm -hmm. that's why the counter question Maybe it was just because you had the right attitude. Maybe it's because you had the right mindset that you would have achieved it anyway. Did fasting really do that for you? But, you know, it did. You know, it's just, part of your experience. Yeah, yeah. It did. And it's your experience. So that's that's mm. real to you, right? Mm. Yeah. Um, so you, you're going to do this again next year? <laughs> actually, Mohammed, I think I will. Hey? Actually, I believe oh, really? I will. I really, I do want to. <laughs> because you can always grow and you can always learn. And yeah. you, spiritually, mentally and physically. I mean, and it was such a great learning curve for me and experience and journey that I, I want to keep that. Mm -hmm. And if you enter it again, mindset, who knows what you'll come exactly, out with this time exactly. too, right? Because I went in well, like so dark and but I came out so peaceful, you know, in the end. And I can like really, uh, yeah, I've got <laughs> quite a lot of respect for the for the Muslims, I must say. <laughs> like it's humbling. I, I, would, I wouldn't say it for all of them, to be perfectly honest. <laughs> I, I would just simply well, say I Fatima. respect the process. I, I, I love the learning. I love the ideas. I love the, the, the concept. Yes. I don't think um, the entire Muslim world or community does it the way you even did it, to be quite mm -hmm. frank with you, Ed, which is why I would I would have them listen to this message and go, here's how you do it right. <laughs> um, honestly, honestly, I'm going to tell you that straight up. And mm -hmm. I, don't, I think you can learn from anybody and you should learn from everybody. And I, I think you are like, I mean, I'm honestly like I'm blown away with just how um, just how, how you've done it. Um, and then the ambition starts kicking in, like, oh, if I could do this, I wonder yes. what else I could do. Mm -hmm. So you start like, yes. preparing for the next year. You don't have the barriers that you thought were there no, before, not at right? All. Not at uh, all. You can overcome anything. anything. Yeah, they seem like some like hurdles rather than a barrier. Exactly. How are we going to jump over it? <laughs> That's the other thing is, like, you start seeing it as, you know, the opportunity versus, you know, the opposite. Yeah, it's positive. Um, yes. You know, I've even heard, Trina, of doctors, like, uh, prescribing fasting for a week or prescribing fasting for a couple of few days in order to get people to a certain condition to, mm. to then hit critical mass points to tip them in, in the right direction. Usually like, um, you know, as a, as a part of a, of an overall, you know, prescription for, for a better state. But, um, but certainly it's not the only piece there's, there's like other pieces to it, but I love how <laughs> it just comes in there as, as part of like a routine in the year that it's got to be done. 
I've yeah. told your story, Amber, to so many people. <laughs> and I say to them, like, look at this person here who's who's like to me, like, um, like I said, like shown us like how it ought to be done, what kind of attitude to take into it mm. and look at the benefits that somebody can say mm. they got out of it. But, um, you know, it's something that can be done any time of the year, too. It's true. Right? It's, like, true. Mm-hmm. it's true. Um, and now if somebody's going through that, they can look up Amber and Amber can be their buddy. <laughs> uh, those last 10 minutes, you know. And, and, <laughs> yeah, they were hard, those last 10 minutes. Luckily I had Fatima. <laughs> but Mohammed, <laughs> you as well, thank you. It was it's, it was an amazing experience and journey and I'm glad I shared it with you and Fatima. Honestly, like we enjoyed every step of the way being there with you. And mm. uh, I don't think I did much, honestly. Uh, you know, like I'm a cheerleader for, for people like yourselves and, and you know that. Um, but like, uh, thank you for sharing that and, and, and coming on and talking about even those vulnerable moments that you had uh, with, with um, you know, with all that you wrote and all that you've been through. Uh, I think it's an, it's an inspirational story. So thank you for sharing that with us. Thank you. Thanks for having me.